the pursuit of happiness. It is embedded in the philosophical fabric of this country as an unalienable right, evoked most recently by Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden in his acceptance speech at the Democratic Convention this past Thursday, where he encouraged us as a nation to make real the words written in the sacred documents that founded this nation, that all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And just prior to those words, he shared something that often shows up in recipes for happiness as he spoke to people who were grieving the loss of loved ones at this time by sharing insights from his own experiences. He said, I found the best way through pain and loss and grief is to find purpose. As God's children, each of us have a purpose in our lives. And we have a great purpose as a nation to open the doors of opportunity to all Americans to save our democracy, to be a light to the world once again. <clears throat> purpose. When I googled how to find happiness, <laughs> and what better method is there to pursue happiness, after all, when I googled how to find happiness, among the articles and lists and prescriptions for happiness that came from a wide variety of sources, that word, purpose, was found in many of them. Find a purpose a focus for one's activities, something that calls one to get up in the morning with anticipation and sends one to bed at night with some sense of accomplishment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mark Twain is purported to have said or written, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why. <clears throat> Alas, I found just yesterday that there is no evidence that Mark Twain said or wrote any such thing. Still, you will find the quotation floating through cyberspace, and it speaks to the same idea of purpose. In talking about it at the congregational check-in this past week, and I'm going to pause here for a promotional note, about our congregational check-ins every Friday at 2 p.m., where all sorts of fascinating conversations happen, and you have the opportunity to connect with other members and friends who log on. In this same Zoom room, information available in weekly news and on our homepage. <laughs> and now we return to the sermon. In reflecting on this quotation at the congregational check-in, we came to the conclusion that few of us had an experience of finding our why once and for all on a particular day, the day you figure out why. Rather, for me, it has been an ongoing process of finding and losing and rediscovering and reimagining purpose or focus or meaning as my very understanding of purpose or focus or meaning is also changing and forming 
and reforming. Ministry, for example, has most definitely offered me a compelling purpose in my life. It calls me to vigorously and consistently engage what skills and interests I have. It challenges me in areas where I can grow as a person and in relationship with others. It provides me with tasks that most days feel like they make a difference. And yet, I'm not sure that I would say unequivocally that it is my why. Why I was born. Why I am here. Those kinds of why questions and statements lead me to think that someone or something else has decided my why, that my why is predetermined, as certainly I could not have decided the reason for which I was to be born, that my why was decided somewhere outside of myself and that I am charged with finding it like a treasure hunt. And what pattern of, and that pattern of thought feels like it can end up being restrictive in ways that it is not meant to be. I also cannot say, this is where I'm supposed to be. Or, more accurately, the few times I have said that, I feel a slight disconnect within me. And it's not because I don't fully enjoy being here right now in this moment doing what I am doing. But because I am not sure what supposed to means in that sentence. Who or what is doing the supposing? Supposed to be here according to what plan? For me, this goes well beyond debates of theism or atheism or pantheism, God or goddess or great spirit or universe, and has more to do with the flexibility that life seems to offer and to require. <clears throat> Or maybe it's just that being a fan of science fiction, I am far too fond of reading about alternate realities and alternate histories to restrict myself to a single supposed to. It feels like life is made up of this amazing, untamable, complex amalgamation of intention and risk and chance and circumstance and moments that seem like nothing special but that send one in a direction that changes most everything and great decisions that feel like they will change everything yet send one back to well-worn routines and patterns so that so much hinges on things we can't predict and could never control. And things might be so different if this or that or the other hadn't sent one in this particular direction. And I would like to think that if that had happened, or if it indeed is happening in an alternate reality, that you or I had traveled or are traveling down another stream of possibility that we would still be able to discover, to create meaning or purpose wherever we happen to end up, instead of bemoaning the disheartening realization that this is not where we are supposed to be. My father sold farm machinery from the time I was born until he retired. This was how he supported our family, along with my mother selling Fuller Brush and Parents Magazine 
and eventually working as a home health aide. My father, by all accounts, was a really good salesman. My father did not enjoy being a salesman. He was a child of the Depression, born in 1920, growing up in a rural area in Iowa to a poor family. When he came home from serving in World War II, he met my mother. They were both selling magazines. And he went on to work many jobs as a salesman of fly swatters and of seeds and of hog trailers and of dirt movers throughout the rest of his working life. He did not enjoy it. It was what was available, and his primary purpose was to support his family. It was not the career he would have chosen. It did not supply meaning or purpose outside of the financial support of his home and family. He would have loved to work in a repair shop of some sort. He enjoyed fixing clocks and lights and cars and small machinery of any kind. He loved to explore the intricacies of how things worked, how they failed, and how they could be restored. I remember him telling me that it was important to find work that I loved, that gave me some sense of satisfaction, that felt like it fit. That is much more important, he said, than how much it pays. As long as you can support yourself and your family, he added. He was a practical man. But I took that message to heart. Find something you love to do. Something that uses what you have to give. Something that feels meaningful. And I realized that I am privileged to have the choices and opportunities that were available to me. I realized that part of the reason that he worked at what he did, which was not what he would have chosen to do, was to provide me with a more expansive choice than he had. You see, those phrases we hear all the time, follow your heart, find your purpose, do work that is meaningful, they can unintentionally assume a certain amount of privilege. Most people must negotiate that in creative and sometimes confounding ways, and luckily, humans have the capability throughout our lives to engage a multitude of whys. Why are we here in whatever circumstances we may encounter? My father might have agreed, looking at his work life, with the statement that he was not where he was supposed to be, as he was clear that the work of sales did not engage his talents or his interests in ways that were satisfying or meaningful. But it would hardly have helped to dwell on a purpose unfulfilled. Or someone may have said that, indeed, he was where he was supposed to be, which would have been just as unhelpful as he felt and was honest about the disconnection between the work he had and the work he would have chosen in that alternate life stream, which would have engaged him fully, which would have made him feel like he was contributing the talents that he held. I suspect that he found wise throughout his life, even as he mourned 
this unfulfilled purpose. He found wise in his faith and in his family and in fixing the many broken things my mother would bring back from the houses of the people she worked for and in studying the Bible with my mother, just the two of them, and in helping neighbors and in ways that will never now be known to me as he died almost 20 years ago. This is only to say that when we talk about meaning and purpose, often we speak of great realizations, big dreams, all-consuming work, finding our purpose as if we had but one, learning what we were born to do. And I get that, in a way. It is a profound and powerful experience to feel called to use the talents and interests and passions we have in service to others, participating in the great work that calls us all to honor our inherent interconnectedness. I don't mean to hold us back from this great work, from misplaced humility or lack of confidence. Quite the contrary. I am just saying that sometimes the purpose I find the why that I need is not on as grand a scale. To understand fully a human crisis, which of course brought to mind this pandemic and all of its ramifications, but to understand fully a human crisis, writes Andrew Lester, the future tense dimensions of that story must be explored. We must ask, how has a future story been affected? How has the not yet been disturbed or shut down? Opening up positive possibilities in the future dimension of time consciousness is necessary for the resolution of a crisis. Opening up positive possibilities in the future dimension of time consciousness. If we ever decide to redo our mission statement, I'm going to vote for this. <laughs> but opening up positive possibilities can happen on all kinds of scales. It does not always require us to find a grand why, a why for our lifetimes and for the world, sometimes we just need a why for this week, for today. A small good thing that pulls us with anticipation into the next moment. If we have our own why in life, we shall get along with almost any how, wrote philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. This one shows up in many places on the web, too, in a variety of alternate versions, but Nietzsche did apparently write this one in his book, Twilight of the Gods. If we have our own why in life, we shall get along with almost any how. We are all wrestling with the hows, right? How do we adapt? to this new reality? How do we respond in sustainable ways? How can we live with the necessary restrictions while trying to meet the old expectations? We may indeed get along with almost any how, but it's not easy. So may we cherish the wise 
wherever we find them, be they big or small. May we have moments to savor the unlikely and wondrous fact of our very existence, even amid all the sorrows, frustrations, and loss. May we experience the blessing of Andrew Lester's description of authenticity. Being realistic about the past, expectant about the future, actively engaged in the present, and as a result, hopeful. Hopeful. 